Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 63 here on a Tuesday. It is Groundhog Day, people. 2016 Groundhog Day on an NBA TV Tuesday here on CLNS Radio through the blogtalkradio.com uh, and uh, also through the FanDuel Studios. If you'd like to call in and talk about the game of basketball or what happened in the world of basketball yesterday, a lot of upsets in the world of college basketball, a lot of crazy things happening in the world of the NBA. Clearly, we got the Super Bowl in five days. Yes, five days till Super Bowl Sunday. And we are getting near and near close to that. And then after Super Bowl Sunday, it's all basketball season from there on out, all the way until the beginning of the summer. And uh, Andrew Norris should be here in a little bit. If not, uh, we'll, we'll we'll find him. Uh, it should be a night show tomorrow. Episode 64 tomorrow will be a night show. My name is Simo Buckets. Uh, I am your host today on CLNS Radio through the Apple Podcast. If you were listening through Apple Podcast, thank you again for listening. For those of you just tuning in for the first time, you're in for a treat today. Yesterday was an outstanding night of basketball. We'll recap that for you here in just a moment. We're also going to recap and give you the rankings in the world of college basketball. Also, Players of the Week were announced in the NBA yesterday. I was right. I was one of two. I was one of two. I wasn't two of two, but I was right in one of two as uh, I was very close to getting it all 100% correct. I believe uh, the one in the West had won it previously, um, you know, a while back. I'm not 100% sure. I'm kind of going through right now. (laughs) Andrew Norris should be on the line here shortly, though. We'll get him here on shortly. For those of you listening, thank you again for listening here on the FanDuel Studio. uh, And the number again is, if you'd like to call in, is 323-642. One five five eight is the number. If I if I skip in and out of the show, I apologize. It is a little bit cold here in the Pacific Northwest. If it drops, if the phone line drops at all, I apologize in advance. I'm sorry for all that occurring. Uh, I don't think it will drop. It's rather nice out. I heard that Punxsutawney Phil actually saw his shadow today, and the Staten Island Chuck also saw his shadow as well. Outstanding stuff there as we get an early dose of spring coming up here in the next couple of weeks, spring should be coming back. That means all of the outdoor activities will be coming in soon. Obviously, pitchers and catchers report in the next couple of weeks. Baseball's right around the corner. Obviously, we don't wear on a baseball show, but knowing that sports is starting to rejuvenate itself through the spring world again, and as you know, March Madness is right around the corner. I'm telling you, March Madness is going to be nuts this year. And from what we saw in the world of college basketball yesterday, it's no 
Uh, it's no shock that it would be a crazy March Madness day. This should be a short show today. Not much is happening in the world of basketball. There's a couple of rumor things going on. And unless uh, Andrew gets in here, we won't talk about it until he gets in here. But if not, we'll just push it out for another day. Again, tomorrow should be a night show. We should have a big-time guest on there. Andrew will host the show. I'll call in through my lunch, and then we'll get it going. Uh, where, where's Kevin Hart? Kevin Hart, where are you in the building? There's Kevin Hart. Get in here. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. For those of you listening here through the Apple Podcast, thank you again for listening. We're recapping Monday's action in the NBA. But first, let's get to some awards in the NBA. Players of the week from last week, Dwayne Wade got it in the Eastern Conference, and Kevin Durant was the one that got it in the West. I was correct on Dwayne Wade. I had him. He got it. He got it done. Dwayne Wade has clearly led his team to, to playing much better inspired basketball over the last week or so, and he's the reason why I picked him in the East, and that's why he won it in the East. And Kevin Durant, clearly, he's just laying out of his mind. I thought I picked James Harden because I thought he'd have a chance, but I guess not. Uh, that that clearly went to Kevin Durant. In uh, in other news, in uh, the Western Conference coaches of the uh, the Western Conference coaches of the month, Doc Rivers got Western Conference Coach of the Month, and in the Eastern Conference Coach of the Month is Dwayne Casey. He got it for the Toronto Raptors, two teams that really have found their spark here. Over the last month or so, really, the Clippers have come back from really being a below-average to middle-of-the-pack team to now they're a legit elite force in the middle portion, top portion of the Western Conference and in the NBA in general. And Dwayne Casey's Raptors, they just lost uh, last night or within the last couple of nights, but they won 11 straight games to end January, and a team that has now found their way to hang out with the Cleveland Cavaliers at the top spot in the Eastern Conference. Big-time stuff there in the world of the NBA. First of all, let's get to, let's get to call. We'll get to college basketball later. Let's talk about the NBA. What happened last night. Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Pacers last night, 111 to 106. The Cavaliers finally get off the schneid, beating the Pacers for the first time in a while in Indiana. Um, the Cavs win in overtime, 111 to 106. LeBron James wipe away the performance, 24 points, 12 rebounds, six assists, and two steals. A big time win there for the Cleveland Cavaliers. as They jumped to 35 and 12. Now in their first 47 games, they are 35 wins in, 16-9 and nine on the road. That is impressive, impressive stuff on the road there for the Cleveland Cavaliers getting a win in, in pace. Pace has dropped to the eighth spot in the, in the Eastern Conference, but I think uh, jump up to the seventh spot as they beat the Pistons. Uh, they beat the Pistons last night. Uh, excuse me. Pistons beat the Nets last night. Apologies. Pistons beat the Nets last night, 105-100, to 100, and the Pistons are now 26-23. and 23. They're now hovering around the seventh spot. In the Eastern Conference, again, expect that to change a lot throughout the season. Andre Drummond did not quite get a wipe worthy performance, but he went off last night. 21 points, 18 rebounds, not quite wipe worthy but it is right there as an honorable mention. He was outstanding in that game last night, uh, and the Pistons get the victory 100-105 to 100. Mavericks and Hawks, a big-time challenge for both of these teams, and the Hawks showed up with Jeff Teague's wipe worthy performance. 32 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds, and 53 on the wipe worthy performance scale. This was a very odd whiteboard worthy performance list from last night different players a lot of different players that we haven't seen regularly on the list are were on last night Jeff Teague hit the list for the first time this season he as, as the Hawks win 112 to 97 I'm telling you if Jeff Teague comes off goes off with big games and he plays well down the stretch this Hawks team could find themselves in a bigger portion and a bigger conversation in the Eastern Conference as time moves on because if Jeff Teague's playing well 
this team becomes really, really, really tough to beat. And last night was an example as he got on the whiteboard performance list and dominated the Mavericks last night. Grizzlies beat the Pelicans. Again, the Pelicans trying to sneak back into that Western Conference conversation. Grizzlies shut them down last night, getting the victory 110-95. Pelicans are now 18-29. Grizzlies 29-20, hovering there in the Western Conference discussion still. The Grizzlies at the fifth spot right now. They jump the Mavericks as the Mavericks lose to the Hawks last night. They're now in the fifth spot. And uh, the New Orleans Pelicans are still about four games out of a potential eighth spot in the Western Conference as the Blazers are still in the eighth spot playing well and clearly doing their best to stay relevant in the NBA and, and in the Western Conference, which is still an unbelievable mark considering the, the guys they lost last season in unbelievable fashion. Uh, Thunder beat the Wizards last night, 114-98. Russell Westbrook triple-double his seventh of the season, 17 points, 13 rebounds, 11 assists, 52 on the whiteboard. The performance scale, the Thunder get the victory, 114-98 over the Wizards. John Wall had an outstanding game, two, 17 points, eight assists. He was fantastic. Uh, and the Thunder, again, they get the victory. They're now 37-13 and 13 in their first 50 games of the year. Think about that. We're about 30-plus we're about games away from the postseason and we still got about two and a half months of basketball left. Unbelievable stuff there. The Thunder get the victory, and they win in fashion. My guy, my guy is on the line. Andrew, what's up, buddy? What is going on? I was getting uh, yelled at by my boss, so I do apologize for the lateness. Um, so yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. He just likes to yell a lot. Um, but I am here now. Are you sure? And I am ready. Are you to go. sure, Andrew? Damn! Are you no, sure? Yeah, you got no, yelled at by. When I say he he likes to yell a lot, I mean, like, literally he doesn't even yell when he's angry as much. He just gets quiet when he's angry, and he kind of yells when he's just talking. Um, yep. So I guess I was getting talked to slash yelled at by my boss. So he's like so he's like a he's like a Scott Skiles or a Tom Thibodeau type guy. He just he just gets loud and angry and blah, but he's not really angry. He's just that's who he is. Exactly. Um. Yeah, that makes sense. I was, I was recapping the NBA. We're going to get to some rumor topics here in a little bit, Andrew, uh, but we're just recapping real quick. Uh, again, you heard the Wizards The Wizards lost to the Thunder. Again, the Thunder are playing outstanding basketball. Spurs extend their 26, 26 games in a row at home streak, 40-8 and eight now in the season as they beat the Magics 107-92. LaMarcus Aldridge, he's playing like an all-star. Let's just be honest. LaMarcus Aldridge, 28 points, four rebounds, five blocks. That's an outstanding performance by him. Obviously, uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard did not show up in this one. He only had like 10 points. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, 20-10 and 10 game, not, not great, not, not, not bad. Fantastic game, which you're supposed to do in the NBA as a big man, and he did it. Spurs get the victory, 40-8, and 26-0 at home. Big-time stuff there for the San Antonio Spurs. I'm telling you, I'm still holding out for March 19th. When the Spurs, when the, when the Golden State Warriors come to San Antonio, that is game. I, that, in my opinion, that is matchup of the year in the Western Conference. No debate. Come March nineteenth, uh, Nuggets Raptors. Kind of a it looked like an off night for the Raptors. Like I said, they're hovering. They're hovering right there around uh, the the top spot in the Eastern Conference. But the Raptors clearly had an off night. Demar Derozan only had twenty four points. And it's still a good performance, but twenty four points for Demar. But Nikola Jokic. Talk about a guy who came out of nowhere. Granted, he played he played well in a couple games last season, but good Lord. Last night, 27 points, 14 rebounds, and four assists, a 56 on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale. Nikola Jokic really was the reason why the Nuggets got this victory in the Raptors. And I'm telling you, man, I know I know we, we, we had some low praise on the Nuggets before the season, but, man, this team, the more and more they keep playing, they feel like a team that if they keep playing the way they're playing right now, and I know the Raptors probably had an off night, but if they keep playing the way they're playing, getting better with the young guys, Will Barton showing up, obviously Nikola Jokic, 
Emmanuel Moutier is starting to get a little bit higher production in the points category. He's been playing and getting a little bit better. He's starting to kind of look like an Alfred Payton-type player this year like he was last year. Because Alfred Payton was, was one of the better rookies, if not, I think, in my opinion, not, not the best rookie because Andrew Wiggins was, but he was right there as the best point guard rookie in the NBA. And he showed it in the second half of the season. Emmanuel Moutier is starting to turn into that guy. Who knows? Going into next season in 2016, 2017, he could be the re- he could be the spark plug into why they could potentially be a conversation piece for getting into the postseason next year. They're not, they're not a postseason team this year. I don't think they're a big time threat next year either. But you talk about depth and future for this team for the long run. It's some good stuff. Bulls and Jazz. I heard the Bulls kind of gave up last night when they played in overtime, um, and the Jazz get the victory in overtime, 105-96. I heard that they kind of just kind of just like just burrowed away and, and we're waiting for their shadow to pop up today kind of deal you know groundhog day joke bad one but anyway uh the bulls and jazz jazz get the victory there 105 96 jimmy butler had an outstanding game 26 points six assists seven rebounds not quite white worthy but an outstanding performance nonetheless gordon hayward though was the reason why this team got the victory in in utah they're now 22 and 25 gordon hayward white worthy performance 27 points 12 rebounds and seven assists performance of the night by far 59 on the white worthy performance field gordon hayward Getting it done there. I told you there'd be some weird whiteboard performances on this on the list today, but that's bound to happen more than likely at this time of the year in the NBA. Rudy Gay came back from injury and he played outstanding. Thirty-two points, nine rebounds, six assists, two steals, a fifty-five on the whiteboard performance scale, and they needed it in Sacramento as they get the victory over the Bucks, one eleven to one hundred four. The Bucks are getting closer and closer to potentially being out of a playoff uh, conversation piece if they keep playing this way. Seven and twenty-two on the road. That is horrendous road uh, a road stat there for the Milwaukee Bucks Greg Monroe had a pretty good game 24 points 12 rebounds and three assists not quite whiteboard worthy but an outstanding performance nonetheless Andrew what was your take from last night overall in the NBA um, obviously I think the game of the night was between the Cavaliers and Pacers obviously your Pistons got it done over the net um, a lot of stuff happened in the NBA that was interesting obviously Russell Westbrook seventh seventh uh, triple-double of the season. There's a lot of rumors going around the NBA. We'll get to those in just a second, but what was your take from last night? Yeah, I believe both the Cavs and the Pistons were both on three games in four days, and they uh, both got the victory, which is, you know, not common at all. Um, the Cavs have now scored 110 straight points or more in either five or six straight games, uh, and boy, did they look good, man. I mean, and... and you saw it again last night. Kevin Love swatted Paul George's go-ahead attempt with, like, 20 seconds left. The, the defensive effort that we talked about yesterday is there. Just The team is playing as a team, as a whole, and it looks like they're having more fun than I've seen LeBron has since, the, the, or since he joined the Cavs. He's even more fun than he had that last season in Miami. I mean, this team is, is now right up there, I, in my opinion, with the Spurs, the Warriors, and they only have time to grow and improve on what they're doing. Um, There's a lot, the game yeah. is so easy for all of them, and it, it, it looks fantastic. Right? The Bulls did what they did in the overtime, and they were disappointing. But Jimmy Butler's becoming a real microwave this fourth quarter. Uh, he's becoming a real takeover kind of guy that bullcrap killer instinct you guys like to mention is going to start getting mentioned with him. Uh, and, and, I mean, he's just – legit now, but yeah, back back to the Cavs. They're playing uh, tremendous, tremendous best. You know, what's interesting is we're coming up on, 
you know, the all-star break here in the next couple of weeks. And what's interesting to note is I'm looking at kind of the best players in the league at the best posi- at, at their positions and things of that nature. And you mentioned Jimmy Butler and thank God we're finally at a location in the NBA where we can sit here and say, thank God we have like at least five to six shooting guards. We can say as really, really good players. It used to be just James Harden and a bunch of nobodies. Now we got James Harden, Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson is, is, is getting better. Uh, Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, um, you can make the case, obviously, obviously James Harden, uh, Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, now DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, I know is more of a small forward, but he plays more, he plays more of a guard type mentality. Uh, I'm going to just say it. Russell Westbrook is kind of like the Draymond Green of his position. He just plays guard. He doesn't really play shooting guard or point guard. He's just a guard. That's what he is. Um, and he's, in my opinion, the best overall guard in the, in the overall guard. He can play shooting guard and and a point guard with the best of either of them. Um, but I wouldn't say he's the best at either of those, but he's like, he's like one and two combination-wise with them. He's, he's that great, considering he got another triple-double last night. And my, my takeaway last night from the stats that I looked at, clearly the Raptors had an off night. But the one thing, that was one thing I took away. But the other thing was the Spurs, and I know as a Spurs fan I'm going to look at this more often, but the Marcus Aldridge had an outstanding game last night, and his 28 points and four rebounds and five blocks really is an indication where if he keeps playing this way, and I know people are saying that Tim Duncan's hurt and he's, he might – they're not saying press the panic button, but be worried about it. It's one of those things where it's like we all – I mean, as Spurs fans, we've seen this coming for like six years. We, we, it's, this is nothing new. For us to quote-unquote panic about this, we would have panicked about this seven years ago. We're not panicking now. We're, we're, we've been ready for this moment for four to six years. And if you weren't prepared for Tim Duncan to start getting injured like this, you're, you're, you're literally living in la-la land because this, is, this has been a time waiting for the last five, six years. And for him to finally start breaking down is truly unbelievable. And you mentioned it. He's in, he's in round 12 with Father Time. And right now, Father Time's winning. Father Time is winning in round 12 at the end of round 12. It's happening. It always will happen. But he's, he, I'm telling you, Tim Duncan's had one of the better fights with Father Time of all time. And another another tar- terrible Groundhog Day joke, but Tim Duncan's nickname is Groundhog Day for many people. And he hasn't seen a shadow today because he's been hurt. So maybe the Spurs don't win a title because Tim Duncan didn't win, you know, all those dumb myths on Groundhog Day. But but anyway, the, the Spurs the Spurs win again 40-8, 26-0 at home. Unbelievable stuff there. But LaMarcus Aldridge's performance – really struck with me because, look, if this guy can come out and actually play at the all-star level that he clearly didn't deserve, but if he can play at that level, this Spurs team is going to be, I'm telling you, they're going to be really, really tough to deal with because they already have a deep bench, a veteran experience type team, a team that's hungry for a championship because considering all the new guys they got, this team will be very scary come late if they can have LaMarcus Aldridge playing like this. Andrew, what were you going to say? Were you going to say something? Uh I mean, I'm gonna count. Uh, I don't even think Tim Duncan's as hurt as how many games he's missed. I think uh, I think you know a player in their prime might might have missed a game or two with what's going on. I think they're just being extra yeah. safe. I don't think it's a big deal. I still think he's beating the crap out of Father Time, and Father Time's just going for that one knockout blow. That he will land. He will eventually land because it always happens. Yeah. He's never lost a fight. Even the people who have brought him to the twelfth round and beat him all the way to the twelfth round, he's, he's you know undefeated and all with all wins via the knockout. He's uh, yeah. 
I, I, I don't think he's that hurt. I think they're just being safe. But why wouldn't they? They're forty-six and eight, man. Right. Yeah. What's, there's no point in being. There's no point in being overzealous with this team, considering the success they're having without him. And again, when he comes back and starts playing well, and we know this is Tim Duncan. We've he's done this the last four or five years. He's going to be hurt like this, and then come late March, early April, he's going to come back and he's going to average twenty and ten, like he does. Not all the time. But you give him one every four games, he's going to get a 20-10 and 10 spot, and he's going to play outstanding, maybe even get sniff a triple-double. That's, that's what he does. That's who he is. And I think once it comes April and the playoffs and they keep playing this way without him and then he comes back, that's going to be really scary to look at. A couple of things I want to talk to you about, Andrew, about the fact that uh, – the fact that uh, uh, oh, my gosh, I already forgot his name. Isn't that horrible? Uh, Jeff Hornacek got fired from the uh, Phoenix Suns yesterday. And now they're talking about potentially Steve Nash jumping in and joining as the head coach. Clearly, what I saw was it wasn't a mutual conversation or a mutual uh, agreement, but the Suns are apparently looking to getting Steve Nash as the head coach. Uh, what's your take on this rumor and this, and this potential thing that could happen for the Suns? I know they've already hired Earl Watson, the assistant head coach, and bumped him up to the new head coach, but isn't it kind of odd to think that they need to just bring back an old legend from the Suns and that he'll just jump right in and be the great head coach that they that they think he could be because he was a general on the floor. Well, that, I mean, that's really what it is. If you're a white white guard, they automatically think you're going to be a great head coach. I, for one, do think Steve Nash would be a great head coach, not because he's a white point guard, uh, but just because of the things he did on the court, because of the way he knew how to – he was the Peyton Manning of basketball. As far as he could read the defense, he yeah. get around it, things, you know, mid-play that changed what other people saw, what other people's reads were, things like that. Um, so I do think he, he fits the bill of a head coach. And, I mean, why not? He, he's part of the Golden State staff. Everybody who's part of the Golden State staff gets looked at as, you know, a potential future head coach. Why not, you know? Just bring him back. Yeah. I mean, you're in rebuilding mode. So you're hoping for a guy who, remember, think about where his career went from, from undrafted to future Hall of Famer. It, it, yeah. he's, he knows how to develop. He, he did it with himself, which would be the hardest thing to develop out of all yourself. Imagine what he could do with these, you know, first-round picks, or the, even these second-round picks. He could really help develop them, show them the work ethic they need, explain to them things he did to get better. Uh, and you know he knows how to run an offense and exactly what to do. So I, I'm all for it. Steve Nash is one of my favorite players of all time, so they can go right ahead. And you know, with the more you mention it and the more I think about it, I know I know you don't want to hear this, and I don't think it will happen, but the Suns are in kind of like a, a stage right now where they can tank and they can kind of let the season disappear from them for now. And what do they got in the realm waiting? And I know you're not going to like this, but what if? What if the Suns in the lottery got the number one pick and they got Ben Simmons? I mean, can you imagine Can you imagine Steve Nash implementing his mentality and his game and, his, and his, his, his presence and all the stuff that his intelligence, all that stuff, and just spreading it onto a guy like Ben Simmons? You talk about a guy that already has the physical tools to be the next. I wouldn't say he's going to be the next LeBron, but he would be the next poor man's LeBron. He'd be the JV LeBron. He would. And who knows? He could be better. You, you never know. I don't think he would. I don't think he would. But he has the capability to play like a LeBron-type player in the NBA. 
And can you imagine a guy like Steve Nash just saying, hey, look, I played with LeBron. I know what he's like. I've seen him in his prime. You can do that too. And this is what I played with in Phoenix. And if you, if you, can, that would be an unbelievable pair there with Ben Simmons and Steve Nash as head coach and player duo. If that were to be the case, now I don't think the Suns will get him. I don't think the Suns will ultimately get Ben Simmons because I think that, like you said, the fix will be in this year with the Lakers or even the Knicks or someone, not the Knicks, but the Lakers will get, I think the Lakers will get Ben Simmons. It's got to happen. It has to happen. And almost, if it doesn't happen, what the heck are you doing, NBA kind of thing? Um, but that would be an unbelievable pair if that actually did happen. And you never know, like you said, rebuilding mode. What a perfect time to rebuild if you got Ben Simmons and Steve Nash. That'd be the perfect rebuilding pieces to start a championship, uh, a championship run that would take a while to get to, but could eventually be succeeded with those two players or that that coach, a potential coach and player at the realm. Speaking of players and championships and and all these other rumors that are flying around, I know I talked about this with you, Andrew, the other day, but. Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook being talked about as potentially being a pair. Now, I'm not saying they'd go at the same time. I'm just saying that, and this was an, an intelligent point brought up by, and I listen, I listen to a lot of Colin Coward, but this was an intelligent point brought up by him. He said, look, if you're a player like Kevin Durant, you run into a situation where when LeBron was getting into his prime, you knew that KD would step in and be the next guy. And then what happened? Oh, Anthony Davis came into the league, and he kind of took over that, that, that realm of that idea. So he kind of took over that idea that he would be the next face of the league. And, yeah, we know that Kevin Durant got his MVP, but he never really succeeded in getting into that conversation, especially after LeBron beat him in the finals. And then, you know, Russell Westbrook came along and kind of took the spot over when he got hurt last year. Now Steph Curry and the Warriors are really over overhanging what, what Kevin Durant could have could be when it comes to image around the league. It's one of those things where he brought up, look, him playing in Oklahoma City, losing his – really not being in a big market and having the opportunity to be marketed like a quote-unquote superstar. He already is a superstar. But being – uh, promoted like one in a big market, he doesn't have that option. So why do it in a place and rebuild in a place coming into your free agent summer, which will be here in about, you know, five months. In about five months, where will you go? What What is your idea? If he stays in Oklahoma City, it wouldn't shock me because he's already been talking about potentially staying. The problem, though, when it comes to his legacy, he will turn into another player that was a great player on a – Eh, a, a good team, a really good team, but a team that never could get over the hump. Because let's be honest, nope, they're not going to attract you. But yeah, that's a great point. That's a fantastic. That's a fantastic comparison. Charles Barkley, a great player, legendary player, top fifty player, top seventy player in the NBA all time, even maybe top twenty five when he, when it's all said and done. And a guy that that is on a team that will not attract free agents just naturally, and. With that being said, who knows, by the time he gets to the middle portion, end of his prime of his career, if he's still in Oklahoma City, Russell Westbrook ain't going to be there. We all know that. Now, if he stays with Kevin Durant, you never know. But they're not going to attract free agents just based upon their market alone. And the idea that they could potentially go to L.A. and put and hook up with the Lakers, Kevin Durant this year or this summer, and then Russell Westbrook next summer, and then with the draft guys coming through the pine tur- the turnpike in the uh, in the NCAA in NCAA basketball, I'm, I'm telling you this Laker team and with the young guys they already got and Julius Randle and uh, D'Angelo Russell and all that kind of 
you got quite a combination there that the Lakers could start meshing together if this rumor becomes true, which I don't think it will, but you never know. Do you think this rumor has any legs to stand on, Andrew? No. No, it's the same smoke that gets blown out every single year. <laughs> yeah. If they're leaving OKC, they're, they're leaving separate. They're not going to play together anymore. I don't think they're a good match. I don't think they'll ever be a good match. I don't think they'll ever win a championship if they stay together. And 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 they know it. I mean, they, if if they don't win yeah. this year, I don't think this is the best this team has performed, and they look like an average team thanks to the Warriors and the Spurs. I mean, this right. team right now is probably better than the 2012 NBA Finals. It really is. Yeah. And it's just, I'm, you know, yeah, I don't. They're not. They're not a great duo when you put them together. They're great. Great all-time great players, and I mean all—they are all both all-time great players. Going to be when it's all said and done, but they just—they're not championship. They're not championship duo. They need to go kind of find their thing, find their niche, find where they should be, and, and, and take advantage of that. I would be surprised if one of them goes to LA. I, I think it's freaking sweet if one went to LA and one went to New York. That'd be interesting, yeah. but I just I don't know. I don't I don't see it at all. Now I know I know we got a lot of rumors we will start spreading here over the next couple of months, definitely with especially the trade 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 deadline coming around the corner here over the next three or four weeks. And then obviously with summertime coming around, especially once the NBA season is about to end, we'll talk about those potential capabilities. But can you imagine another scenario? Can you imagine and I know this would never happen, I don't think it would because the money wouldn't be there. But can you imagine if Kevin Durant took a pay cut and went to Sacramento? Oh, the the humanity. The, the team would be insane. Let Rondo, Rudy Gay, Kevin Durant, DeMarcus Cousins, line it up, championship. Let's go. Like, that would happen. It's over. Don't even – like, it's done. Like, it's done. No one can no one can compete with that team. That wouldn't happen because because Kevin Durant ain't, ain't, ain't even sniffing Sacramento. But that would be intense if that happened. It's just – it's all smoke and mirrors. Let's get back to what we need to be talking about. Uh, Dwight Howard is going to be suspended tonight for doing something. Did, did you catch on to this? I'm not quite sure what he did. Apparently he made contact with an official or something, and he's going to be suspended. What What's up with that? I didn't even know Dwight Howard even touched an official. I didn't either. I got, a, I got an update right before I called you, and uh, I, all I saw was he was suspended. I didn't see a video. I didn't see anything like that. So it's something I'm going to have to look further into because – I'm uh, I'm lost on it. Yeah, I'm pretty lost on it as well. But apparently Dwight Howard will be out for tonight's game or whatever game next for the Houston Rockets. I believe it's tonight's game, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, they're yeah, they're playing the – no, they're not playing. Actually, they are, they're playing the Heat tonight on NBA TV. And NBA TV Tuesday, we'll preview that for you later. But I wanted to get to college basketball. Uh, obviously, a lot happened in the world of college basketball yesterday. There were three major upsets. On the first day that the rankings came out, by the way, I talked about the USA Today coaches poll yesterday. I'm going to give it the AP Top 25 right now. Oklahoma, number one. North Carolina, number two. Ain't going to be number two after last night's game. Villanova, number three. Maryland, four. Iowa, five. Xavier, six. Kansas at seven. Texas A&M at number eight. Deservedly so. Fantastic basketball they've been playing as of late. Virginia at number nine. Also, uh, Michigan State is is dropped to 10, but they're still playing great basketball. Providence, SMU. SMU ain't going to be number 12 after this week as well. Iowa State, 13. West Virginia, 14. Baylor, Oregon, Miami, Purdue, Louisville, Kentucky, Wichita State, Indiana, Arizona, Dayton, and South Carolina. 
Carolina. Michigan should be in the top 25. I agree with you there, Andrew, but they will find a way to get in eventually, trust me. And they'll be in the, they'll be in the tournament. There's no worries there. Um, last night in the, in the world of college basketball, Louisville beat North Carolina in an ACC matchup. I was shocked at this. I saw this as I was at work. I saw the final score, and I was like, whoa, that's an upset. Because the way Louisville played over the weekend playing Virginia, getting stomped in Louisville, clearly they came out with a statement-type mentality in this game, and they destroyed the North Carolina Tar Heels 71-65. Now, it, didn't, it looked closer than it was at halftime, but the way Louisville played in that second half was outstanding. We were talking about this, Andrew, yesterday. Uh, while I was at work, we were mentioning about how the top teams in college basketball this year, and I think it's more apparent this year than it has been over the last couple of years. Now, don't get me wrong. It's been kind of a trickle-down effect over these last couple of years where we've seen college basketball and the top teams really become more and more watered down. Oklahoma is the number one team in the nation, but it's not by a landslide. Villanova is a small team, but they're not that great, but they're number three. Maryland in my opinion, has the most talent. Actually, North Carolina has the most talent to be number one, but they got beat last night. Maryland has Mellow Trimble and a bunch of other uh, Diamond Stone. They got a bunch of great young talent on Maryland, but they're not really number one. Iowa, they're overrated, just like in college football. They're overrated this year in, in the Big Ten. They're good, but they're not, they're not great, but they're number five. You know, Kansas has been playing up and down. Granted, they play in the Big 12, which is tough. We've been seeing this from these teams this year, and Michigan State's ranked at 10th. Duke's at the top 25. We're, we're seeing some interesting things happen in the world of college basketball this year that we haven't seen in a while, really. I mean, it, it's, it, and, it, and I think we've been waiting for this day where the top 25 really becomes kind of irrelevant heading into March, especially now we're in February. It's really interesting to see these top teams not really get – I mean, they're getting the cred they deserve, but they're not really – they don't seem like they're that much better than a – Michigan State ranked at 10th, or they're that much better than a Louisville or Kentucky ranked in the top 20. I mean, they don't really seem like they're that much better. Can you explain why it's like that, Andrew? I I can't. That's, that's the weird part. Um, I, I don't know if it's as much. I think that uh, the voters really, really just love the big school name this year. Uh, yeah. If you look, Michigan State, Michigan State is a lot like Michigan is in football, where Michigan gets the respect in football that State doesn't get, and State gets the respect in basketball Michigan doesn't get. Michigan State has one less loss behind Michigan in the Big Ten Conference rankings and is ranked 10th in the country. Michigan has one yeah. more loss, ranked second in Big Ten Conference, and is not even ranked. Uh, right. So I think it's just they're getting the schools that are going to bring in the ratings, the, the higher rankings. and But, yeah, I mean, there's no I, – I think it's because there's no dominant, dominant talent all put on one team. If you think about it, this is about how every year goes, except for maybe the top two teams will have some crazy players, uh, like Kentucky did yeah. last year. But it, you you got to really look in depth, and you'll see it's not that much different of a year. There's just not that hugely dominant team on the top. But but uh, my 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 boss, he's sitting out here. He's yelling at me uh, to come back. He's not yelling. He's talking loudly. Excuse me. Uh, I really hate to leave. I'm gonna try to call back in here in a minute. Uh, but if I don't, uh, good job to my Pistons last night on the W again. We hope to have Terry Foster on tomorrow and Chris finish out the show. All right. Peace, man. All right. Cool. So, sounds good. Yeah, no, and, and to get back on that point of college basketball, the one thing I wanted to say about the world of college basketball is that 
it's one of those things where, yeah, and I said this last year about this time. I know Kentucky was super dominant last year. They were undefeated. They were incredible last season. But it was also one of those things where it was like, who are they really beating? There's no one really that great in college basketball, talent-wise, that great. There's some good talent on teams, but when it comes to overall teams, it's not that unbelievable. Houston beat SMU last night. SMU was undefeated up until, you know, about two weeks ago. Now they're 19-2, at 12 in the country, 71-68. Houston beat them in the American Conference. Again, not that great of a team. Baylor getting beat by Texas, who shouldn't even be near ranked, but Baylor's ranked 15th. They're now 17-5. and five. They lost 67-59 on their home court in the Big 12. The Big 12 is stacked. Don't get me wrong. The Big 12 is stacked. But that's an upset. Either way, you look at it. And I mentioned this last year. And if you want to go back and listen to old Hooper's Logs episode, feel free. Uh, 2-5-Tray. Go to blogtalkradio.com slash 2-5-Tray. You can check them out. And also you can check out uh, all old episodes here on Apple Podcasts or even go to the CLNS radio app and you can check out all the old shows there. Um, of myself talking about the Hooper's Log. And, but the one thing I've mentioned about college basketball that I think they need to take into consideration is, like, like Andrew said, they just want the big names. They just want the big, big schools in there for rate, ratings and all that kind of stuff. But the one thing that I think they should do, and again, I'm, I'm really getting not saying the part, they need to make it like a top 35, top 50. They really do. Because with the tournament and it being 68 teams, it's really the top – 40 teams that get into the tournament. It really is. And then you have about 12 to 15 play-in teams, 18 play-in teams, because there's about 20, 25 conferences in college basketball. Then you have all those play-in teams that get in because of their, their poor conferences, but then those are like the 14, 15, 16 seeds that are, that are in. But you generally have the top 38, the top 40 get into the, get into the conversation, and they get into the tournament. So they should really have a top 40 in college basketball, because then you can really get an idea of who the committee thinks should be in the tournament. You do. You get. You really get to visually see it on who should be in. Because this top 25 Mamba Jamba, you don't know nothing. You don't know anything. You definitely know that all of these teams are going to get into the get and get into the tournament. You know that as of right now. If the if Selection Sunday was this week, coming up this week, this Sunday, you would know that all 25 of these teams would be in. You already know that. But you don't know about the other 13 or 10 teams that should be in. You don't know about those teams because it doesn't show you. So why not make it a top 40? Because if you make it a top 40, then you, can, then you can see ultimately who is a tournament team or not. And if you're outside of that top 36 or that top 37 or however many you get in, whatever, then you get an idea for who got snubbed and for what reasons and why then you'll know, and then you can know as a fan why the committee did what they did, why they made the selections, why, if, and, A, B, and C. You can see that. And unfortunately, with the top 25, it's not college football. Where in college football, it's more of like a prestige thing to be ranked or whatever. In college basketball, yeah, it's a prestige thing too, but it's different because now we're, no, now we're so tournament-driven and so tournament-savvy with how things are done and everything. If we made it a top 40, we would see it, more, we would see it way easier and understand why – teams will be ranked in the top 40 and why they'd be ranked where they're at. I mean, think about this. Other receiving votes in the, on the AP ranking, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Yeah, 15 other teams that are right there in the conversation. That's 40. 40 plus 25, or excuse me, 15 plus 25 is 40. Those 15 teams who got votes, they would be in a ranking. They would be in a ranking somewhere. That's all you need to do to be in the top 40. That's it. And so that's why I think 
college basketball needs to expand to a top 40 instead of just a top 25. Now, a top 25, clearly you're a great team in college basketball, but being in the top 40, I feel like, would be more of, under, of us understanding who would be in the tournament come March. Um, let's preview Tuesday for you, shall we? We got all of our rumors out of the way. We talked about them. We got them going. Andrew may or may not show back up, but that's okay. Not very many games on tonight in the NBA. We got about five games on a small Tuesday, NBA TV Tuesday here on in the world of uh, basketball, especially in the world of the NBA. Clearly a lot of upsets in the world of college basketball last night, and there's one ranked game tonight in the world of college basketball on ESPN2, 6 p.m. Pacific, three, uh, excuse me, 9, 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. West Virginia goes to Iowa State in a giant Big 12 matchup on ESPN2. Big-time game. Iowa State is favored by five. I think this is going to be an instant classic. I think this is going to be an outstanding game. I think it's going to be one of the more fun games to watch this season. Don't be shocked if it becomes an instant classic. West Virginia should keep it closer than five points. I would take West Virginia plus the five. I think it'll be a close game. If not, I think West Virginia could potentially win. But Iowa State, again, outstanding ball club, ton of talent. It should be a fun one to watch there. In the NBA, five games to watch tonight. Again, two of them on the NBA, NBA TV. Celtics and Knicks. 4.30 p.m. Pacific, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Boston favored by three. I'm telling you, take the Knicks. The Knicks have been playing outstanding lately. The Celtics are playing unbelievable as well. But I think this Knicks has something to prove, and I think playing in the Mecca will get them going and get them started tonight. I think they'll get the win. Take the Knicks plus the three. First game on NBA TV, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Heat at Rockets. Obviously, Dwight Howard won't be playing. He'll be out. I believe uh, the Rockets are favored by five, but I would take the Heat because they have the advantage down low with, with Dwight Howard being gone. Uh, James Harden and, 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 and uh, Dwayne Wade will be an unbelievable matchup to watch. Two starting All-Stars. That should be absolutely fun to watch there. Um, but I believe that, uh, I believe that it'll, be, it'll, it'll be the Heat getting the victory overall. It'll take the Heat plus the five. They should get the victory there. Raptors and Suns. Raptors had an off night last night. The Suns obviously are going through some chaotic times right now, going through what they're going through. Um, it's it's going to be one of those things where the Suns just don't have any talent right now in the game. And Toronto's favored by nine. Take Toronto. They're going to get the victory. They're going to win in Phoenix. Bucks, Trailblazers, again, the Trailblazers trying to hang in that ninth spot. They're favored by seven and a half. Take the, Buc- take the Bucks plus the seven and a half. They're going to come back, bounce back. Maybe they won't win, but they'll keep it closer than people think. I think the Bucks will keep it close in this one. The Trailblazers, they should win, but it will be a closer game than people think. Damian Lillard should go off but that'll be a fun one in Portland. Timberwolves and Lakers, again, kind of a garbage game, but, again, you never, always every chance you get to see to watch Kobe, go do it. I heard he won't be playing tonight, apparently, but also KG won't be playing as well. I really want to see KG and Kobe duke it out. If they're not playing, well, then that's really sad. Timberwolves are favored by four and a half. Take the Timberwolves. They should get the victory in that one. In L.A. in the Staples Center, last game of the night on NBA TV, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, 10.30 p.m. Eastern on NBA TV. Well, we got about a minute left in the show. Uh, episode 63 today. If you liked what you heard, if you liked what you saw, everything that you got to see today or listen to today, again, we're on tomorrow's night show tomorrow, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on here on CLNS Radio slash blog or blogtalkradio.com. Uh, and the phone number, if you'd like to call in for tomorrow's show, is 323-642-1558. We should have a big-time guest in Terry Foster on the show that's going to be a big-time thing for us, and it'll be fun to watch and listen to if you can. Andrew Norris will be the host, and he will get it going, and he will be there available. Um, again, episode 63 in the books. Got about a minute left in the show. About a minute left. Yeah, we got about one minute left in the show. Uh, again, episode 64 will be tomorrow, a night show, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Um, should be a fun one. Should be a good one. 
Uh, I will be there, and I'll check myself in at one point. I'll listen in and definitely try and be a part of the show at some point uh, during the night. Check out the basketball. Check out the college basketball tonight. Check out the NBA tonight. It should be a fun night tonight in the world of basketball. Small night, a real small night in the world of basketball, but it should be good. And definitely check out for those rumors and see what's going on in the world of, of the basketball when it comes to the trade deadline. It's coming up. coming up here in the next three or four weeks. Obviously, the All-Star break in a couple of weeks. We'll be here for you on the Hooper's Log. We'll be tomorrow. Night show tomorrow. Episode 64, episode 63 in the books. My name is Timo Buckets. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great night, everybody.